on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1. Streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jan Price Show. And today my guest is Emmy Award winning director, writer, producer, Drake Doremus. And we're talking about his latest film, Endings beginnings welcome to the show drake thanks for having me jan i appreciate it you're welcome this movie is really interesting i love the way you shot it it was very intimate um in the way that you shot this film and very uh cinema uh verte i guess is that how you say it (laughs) sure yeah definitely and so was that a conscious choice in uh in the way you decided to film it, or is that uh, the cinematographer's choice, or both of yours? Yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, it, it changes from film to film, but I feel like on this film, uh, particularly, we were really trying to make it feel as intimate as possible and to feel like not a movie, you know I mean? It's always exciting to me when, when um, you can try to kind of remove the filmmaking from the process and try to mm-hmm. just make it uh, feel like you're, you're really intimate with real people and there's real things going on, and and we improvise a lot of movies as well, so, you know, the goal is to just kind of let it evolve, and kind of the way we shoot it and the way we attack it is that way as well. Like, trying to hide mm-hmm. the camera from the actors a lot of the time, so they don't even know where it is sometimes. They don't even oh. know, you know where they're facing and what they're doing. They're just, you know, trying to be forced to stay in the moment and not worry about performing, essentially. I love it, because that's exactly the way it felt. It felt in, it, like the, exactly that, what you just described. It was very, so you succeeded. <laughs> Um, very oh, much good. so. Something has succeeded out of my life. Thank God. <laughs> there you go. I'm sure other things, but you definitely succeeded <laughs> in this one because it is. It's very. Uh, you felt that. You felt like you were peering in on them, like you were, mm-hmm. you know, just you know, sitting back and and being a part of their lives, like you're just an auteur, you know, looking in. I guess. Um, so very interesting in the, that way. Describe the um, the plot line so our listeners know what we're talking about with this film. And you've got a fabulous cast. Um, I mean, Charlene oh. Woodley and uh, Sebastian Stan and uh, Jamie Dornham, um, really wonderful cast. Uh, so tell, talk a little, and you've, and you've actually worked with some great actors along the way, but let's talk a little bit about the plot of this film so our listeners know what we're talking sure. about. Sure, yeah. It's, uh, it takes place at the beginning of an ending, really, and then the movie ends at the beginning in, in many ways. So it really is about, you know, the full circle uh, concept of starting over with yourself and starting over with new people in your life souls that come in and out of your life and essentially begins with the, uh, this character Daphne who's in her late 20s who um, you know, just gets out of a, a five-year relationship and then tries to start over and be alone but accidentally gets kind of sucked into this love triangle with two good friends and, and of course there's not make some mistakes and there's some chaos but um, you know a lot of lessons learned along the way but it's essentially a love triangle but there's a lot more self-discovery and and, um, you know, spiritual uh, elements to the film uh, as well. But, yeah, it's essentially a uh, love triangle uh, between Shailene Woodley and Jamie Dornan and Sebastian Stan. And it's got a great supporting cast as well. Matthew Greg Hubler is in the film, Kira Sedgwick. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited about it. You should be. I mean, uh, yeah, it was lo- lovely to see Kira Sedgwick and Wendy Malick in, in the film and, the, you know, in these smaller roles. Um, how did you attract both of them? To this Wendy Malick is somebody that I've always uh, adored and I think she's so talented so she played Shailene's mind in the film and we're really lucky to have her and we just reached out and you know, Kira for a little bit uh, we you know met years ago and talked about maybe trying to do something together and then this kind of seemed like the perfect opportunity but she's kind of the voice
voice of reason in the film in many ways. And she's just such a cool spiritual person. And uh, it's just awesome to have her. She's great with Amy. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I love her. I love her. She's great. So in this film, um, the uh, Shailene Woodley's um, character is... A wounded child, and um, so it, it's it's about her. What I saw about her growth, you know, and going through all of these various changes that were going on in her lives. And you're right; it's a lot of beginnings and endings, endings and beginnings. Um, you wrote this. You co-wrote it, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, what were you when you were writing it? Um, what was your what were you trying to achieve in writing this character? Oh gosh. Uh, well, maybe to be honest, looking in the mirror a little bit and looking at the flaws and some mistakes that I've made and friends have made and things I've observed in my life, and just trying to put it into a stew and just trying to do something honest, really, from my perspective and things I've learned and understood. So, um, and then bringing on Jardine Lightbear, who's an incredible novelist. Uh, who wrote a book called Life for a couple of years ago that I was obsessed with, and she came on and really brought a lot of life you know, and, a, and, a, and a massive amount of the femininity to the piece, which we really needed. So, um, yeah, it's always just trying to be reflective, and it's kind of like every time I feel like I'm writing, it's like writing a diary entry almost in a way, where it's like, okay, well, that kind of encapsulates uh, things I was feeling and thinking at that time, and then it just kind of is out of a place in time, and then you move on and then you're a different person. But smoothie really is just kind of where, where my head was at a couple of, you know, a year and a half ago when I started writing it. How long did it take you? Is it just as said you wrote a year and a half ago? How long did it take you to make this film? Oh, gosh. These things come together pretty quick just because, you know, the script is an outline. It's not a, uh, a traditional script. So this was about 70 pages, and there's a lot of um, backstory in it, plot points, subtext, uh, emotional beats in the scene, but there's no dialogue, essentially, and then through the course of rehearsal and shooting it, we improvised the film. So it only takes, you know, three, three, three and a half months, usually, to, to do the Three and a half months? I'm sorry, you, 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 you could cut out. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, three, three and a half months, usually. But this one took about three and a half months. To write? Yeah. That's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. So no, it's long, quick. It's very quick. And then how long for you to get the financing and uh, to start filming the, the movie? Uh, semi quickly as well. I mean, I, I usually start with casting first, but trying to put those pieces together. It really makes sense for the uh, producerial element of the financing and then uh, creatively as well, and then go for it. So I kind of started putting together the cast and started working with CJ Entertainment, my producers and, and financiers, and, and then kind of went from there. But yeah, it was pretty quickly. I mean, I, I started in January of last year, and then we were shooting in, I guess we were shooting in... Um, uh, uh, fall or, or yeah, early fall. This past fall? Uh, I think it was the year before that. Actually, my mind is scrambled in the corner. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember what. I think it was the year before that, and then we were finishing it through spring, and then we finished it summer, and then we were at Toronto in in September, and now it's coming out. So yeah, it was it was the year before that. It was eighteen. Two thousand eighteen is only. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> all, you know, we're all losing sense. I know we're all quarantined, and we're all losing a sense of time. <laughs> I have no sense of time. I don't know what Fridays are, when Sundays are. Exactly. <laughs> you wake up and go, what day is it today? <laughs> Let me think. Yeah, completely. It's yeah, is totally... it okay to drink today? What time is it? When can I start drinking? That's kind of my mental. <laughs> it's new too early to have that drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's 12.01. It's 
technically on the back side of the day. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, speaking of that, how did um, how is this? You know what's going on in the movie industry? You know, again with the coronavirus, how is how is it affecting the release of this film? Because you say it's coming out now. Yeah. Um, how has it affected? Obviously, it's not going to be in movie theaters. So, um, was it supposed to be released in movie theaters at this time, or did you decide to move up the um, the release of the film and going on VOD, etc.? It's kind of crazy. I mean, we were supposed to be in theaters two weeks from now, um, on May first, Friday May first, and then we ended up pulling up the release date and doing it obviously just digitally now. So it'll be in, in uh, it'll be on iTunes, Fandango, places you can purchase the film on Friday the seventeenth, and then two weeks later on May first, it'll be rentable on different places like uh, on demand and uh, iTunes and things like that. So yeah, we had to completely change our release strategy, and I think a lot of movies have. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think a movie like this specifically um is kind of perfect for that in, in a way i think um you know i'm a big believer in people experiencing my films you know on an iphone or on the computer or at home or however they can emotionally resonate with the film i'm down for i mean it's certainly a bummer i mean it only screened in one theater one time at toronto i, I think it's been four or five times but that's the only time it'll ever be on a big screen and it's just kind of sad in one way but at the same time the idea that people are going to be able to get to see the movie all over the world over the course of the next few weeks is, is, is awesome and I'm so grateful and uh, you know in, the, in these times the fact that we have entertainment that can give people a sense of peace or comfort is really special so I got a tweet last night from, uh, from a nurse that said she was so excited about the movie she was going to be working all weekend but on her break she was going to be watching the movie over the course of the weekend and it just meant so much to me and I was like okay well maybe somebody out there a few people out there can find some sort of distraction or comfort in it and that's awesome Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, this, you know, because, I mean, I'm a big believer in seeing movies in the movie theater, and I say that all the time on the show. But this film, because it is so intimate, um, and the way that you filmed it, it really is, it's fine watching it on a, you know, on, on your home television screen, or as you say, wherever. I don't watch movies on iPhones. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't, I, I just can't do it. And, and, and even I don't I like do it on my computer. I, I, I don't like to watch them on my computer. Like, you know, I, as you know, I get screeners. And so I plug up my TV to the computer so I can watch it on the TV screen. Cause at least, yeah. you know, it's a little bigger than the computer, but if I have to, I, I do, but, um, but it is good that it's getting released uh, all over and it is fun to see it. And it will take your mind off of what's going on. It's, it's a really, beautiful story in, in so many different ways. It's so layered. The performances are so layered. Um, and it leads a, leaves a lot for the interpretation because of the way that mm. you did film it and even the way that you wrote it and the fact that you said that they improvise. I think that's... Okay. Uh, you get the feel that you really, as I said to you, like as a voyeur, not an auteur, a voyeur, mm. like, where you're just looking into their lives, like you're just sitting back and you know, you're watching somebody's life that you feel like, maybe I shouldn't watch. Maybe I should look away. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. this, this is so intimate. I love you that. Know? <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, so it's really beautifully done. Um Let's talk about the casting of this because I love all of these. I love Shailene Woodley um, and Jamie Dornan and Sebastian Stan. It was great seeing uh, Sebastian Stan in an entirely different type of role, and um, and I just I, I just love him. I hope he is in more things um, besides superhero movies. 
Um, so talk a little bit about that casting. And because they all had to connect in this film on, again, many levels, what was it like for them? Did they know each other before? What was your um, rehearsal process like yeah. for them to all? Because it is very intimate in many ways. I don't, want, just, I don't want to, you know, physically yeah, as it's well. A very, as it's a very um, intimate uh, and naked movie emotionally and physically. Yes. For them. So I think it, you know, it, they had to really kind of become close really fast, actually, and really understand their boundaries and be vulnerable and be kind of a team in a way. So it, it really, it kind of started with Sebastian, actually. I was, I was casting and I couldn't kind of, I, I kind of did it backwards. I did the kind of the supporting roles first, actually. And I met with Sebastian and it was kind of love at first sight for both of us. I mean, I think we both wanted to work together. And, he just was so deep and so special and so interesting and so such a chameleon. Like everything he does, you, just, you don't really see too much of him in it. He just kind of transforms in everything he does. So yes. started with him and then Jamie and I had just worked together on a short film that we had done for Hugo Boss for a perfume ad. And we really got on and I thought he was so subtle and so interesting and emotional and funny and great. And, and Shane and I had just known each other for a few years and we just kind of always chatted and talked about maybe doing something. And then, um, when this came about, it was just kind of the right role for her at the right time in her life, I think. So it just kind of went backwards. It started with Sebastian and Jamie and then Shay last, but then we kind of all got together. Uh, Shay and, and Sebastian and I took a road trip to Big Sur. We shot the entire sequence that takes place in Big Sur first. So we took a road trip together right off the bat and just in a six hour car ride, just got to know each other really intimately and then started rehearsal and then so we knew that we were um, shooting. So it was just kind of a, uh, a whirlwind, but uh, the 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 chemistry between all three of them is really special in the film. And I think that that it that it happened really fast uh, is a tribute to them and their ability to just throw themselves into it and, and not worry if it didn't work, but to just go for it. Well, it, it it did work, and you can definitely see the chemistry between all all three of the main actors. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to the Jam Price Show, all about movies. And today, my guest is Emmy Award winning director, writer, and producer. Drake Doremus, and we're talking about his latest film, Endings, Beginnings, and it is a fascinating film. Um, so when, uh, yeah, so I saw Big, when I, I was watching, it, I said, oh, that looks like, that's Big Sur. I knew it was Big Sur. And then as I said later on, they, you know, they, she mentioned she had gone to Big Sur. And since Shailene Woodley has been here a couple of times filming Big Little Lies, did this feel like second home to her? Okay, it might be, yeah. I think she knows it pretty well, actually. Couldn't find a more beautiful place to film. Uh, no, it's the best. Yeah. Was it hard to find a house to film in in Big Sur? Uh, that house actually is in Los Angeles. All the exterior locations are up there, but uh, that house is, uh, is a place called the Paramore Estate in uh, Silver Lake, uh, in the Silver Lake Hills, actually. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, we kind of cheated a little bit there in the indie, indie filmmaking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but at least you got the exteriors uh, up here. Yeah, so, it was awesome. Yeah. We were there for, I think, three days. And so we did a lot of color stuff and beach stuff and uh, there's a couple of scenes to take place of gas stations and road stuff. It was, it was awesome shooting up there. It was a great way to start the movie. It really felt like we were totally on our own. Yeah. I, I mean, again, if it was a, is it, is it, did you find it difficult to, to film it here, um, or not? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it was pretty, I mean, pretty effortless, really. I mean, we were such a small crew and such a small team that it felt, um, 
it felt really intimate. So, you know, we didn't have too many moving pieces. So it was, it was kind of effortless, actually. We drove up and then flew back. So it was, it was just an awesome start to the movie. It was the perfect way to do it. it yeah, it really is. You know, in that sense, it's such a, again, beautiful area. And for, as you said, you got to, the actors got to connect and you did too. What was the response like for the film in Toronto at the Toronto Film Festival? Uh, you know, kind of polarizing, to be honest. I mean, my, my, many of my films are polarizing. They're very specific. And I think people that really, really love them, really, really love them. And I think people who really hate them, really, really hate them. So it's it's kind of awesome to not ever find that apathy, really, um, to be honest. So it's like, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I'd much rather have that than somebody just be apathetic about what you're doing. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it, it certainly sucks. You want, you want people to love everything you do, but at the end of the day, I think I've come to realize now after making nine of these damn things that if you want to make something really specific, it's going to be specifically for, for a specific audience and for a specific set of emotional experiences that people have gone through. And if you kind of haven't experienced that or shy away from that or it's too much for you, you don't want to look at that and it upsets you. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think, I think the movie is, is very polarizing and I think people love it, really love it. So it's, it's nice to, um, to say, you know, have those people see it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and, and form their own opinion of it, obviously. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's what's great about it. it. You know, no one's right or wrong. It's, it's, uh, exactly. Any, any kind of art form, uh, you know, it's that way. So. Well, it's hard to everybody, you know, to, you know, I do movie reviews also. When we have movies again coming out in the theaters, I'll start up doing yeah. movie reviews. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, Right. <laughs> Hope it's sooner than that. I just read today Cinemark's going <laughs> to open July first, so let's hope. Let's hope. Oh my gosh, uh, that'd be amazing. I know it would be. I mean, they're saving some of the bigger movies for that, but you know, last week, you know, Trolls broke the record for. You know, and Jamie Jamie Dornan is in that movie, so I'm so excited for Jamie. Oh, I did not know that was Trolls. Yeah, not Jamie's one that... in the film. Jamie Jamie voices one of the characters. In the Oh, wow. Well, that was great, you know, and let's hope, you know, some of these movies like yours and the movies that are coming out that, you know, they get the same, you know, get a good audience, a strong audience. I think think so. I mean, it's no better time for for digital. Exactly. Ever in the history of that. And I feel like we've just kind of sped up the industry, really. I mean, we kind of just jumped four years ahead almost in a way with AMC closing and all other, you know, chains closing. I mean, it's sad, but at the same time, it's like, okay, we're here. Let's embrace it as an industry and let's make sure that we continue to make great films for our audiences and just share them. So I think it's awesome. I, I do too. And it's been interesting because when this whole thing started, you know, I wasn't hearing from publicists about, you know, anything. And I think everybody mm-hmm. just sort of, st- the industry sort of stopped because I think everybody sure. was trying to figure yeah. this out and recalibrate yeah. to begin up again, you know, to start up again. And then all of a sudden, you know, I started getting all kinds of, you know, hearing from all these publicists that I work with about promoting and some really, really good movies. I mean, really good movies. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's very exciting. There's a lot of good things coming out. So you're right. Right now we have, we're all a captive audience and nothing better than to take our mind off what's going on than watch a really good movie and this is one of them i highly recommend everybody checking out endings and beginnings yeah i definitely do so this is coming so one of the things i'm going to ask you who who as a director who has inspired you most what other directors or anyone for that matter who's inspired you and your career oh so many so many and i've been rediscovering a lot of our films during the quarantine uh, in fact uh, which has been really inspiring and exciting. But I mean, I think growing up in high school and thinking about, oh my gosh, that'd be amazing if I could do that. I think I was kind of obsessed with some, you know, Soderbergh's early movies, Steven Soderbergh and Lars von Trier and Alfonso Cuaron and Juan Kar Wai. You know, just growing up and thinking about performances 
and what a performance can be and how much it can touch you and just wanting to make, uh, you know, performance-based films. And, um, you know, I was really inspired by Breaking the Waves and Traffic and things that I would see in high school and, and even, like, English patients. Uh, just being like, oh, my God, 14 years old and wanting to make movies like that. But, I don't know, it was just, um, yeah. It's interesting with Stephen Soderbergh that you mentioned. Uh, have you watched Contagion again through this? I, I, I can't. <laughs> I could, could, could muster up the energy to watch that again. I think it would, it would freak me out even more. But I, you know, it's trending and people are watching it again. And I'm like, why are people watching that again? I know. And there's another one called Pandemic, I guess. It came out in the mid-90s Oof. with uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman, which I have not seen yet. But oh, I did yeah. not Out- see. Outbreak. 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 Out- Outbreak, that's the one. But there's another one, a pandemic. I guess maybe there's a series or something. On, I think, I just often just does pandemic movies now. That's all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just amazing. <laughs> but I had not seen Con- Contagion. So at the beginning of all this, I did watch it. And I was like, wow, oh that's prophetic. It's prophetic. It really oh, my is. God. You, you've got to watch did it. Scared, did it freak you out or did you feel? No, no. <laughs> You know what? This whole thing is not freaking me out. I should say it should. Really? But... It's not? Why? Yeah. How are you feeling? I feel okay with it. I mean, I think we're, you know, we're going to be all all right. I think it's, again, I talk about recalibration. I think we're all going to come out this better, hopefully. I think mm-hmm. we're all, um, we're learning to do things differently, which is good. I think there are positives coming out of it. Certainly cleaner air, you know, like yeah. in LA, which was where you were at. These are the air's cleaner, let, you know, less planes. Um, so, you know, there's lots of positives about about this, you know, um, but I think reconnecting with everybody and communicating in a different way and learning how to do things differently. And I think it's sometimes these are the things that need to happen for the world to be sometimes for the world to be on its axis. And the interesting mm. thing, obviously, about this one is it's everybody. It's not mm-hmm. anybody. It's just, and you know, just certain people. It's everybody all over the world that's experiencing the same thing at the same time. I mean, if you think mm-hmm. about that, there's a movie right there. If you think mm-hmm. about that, um, about how it's affecting absolutely everybody and different levels of how it's affecting people, obviously. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I always like to look at the silver lining and everything that I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a poly. A beautiful way to do it. <laughs> So. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Drake. <laughs> that's, so, that's so interesting. We're, we're more connected than ever, but also feel more disconnected than ever. And if there's a way to kind of figure out a way to be, to be better together, that's, I guess, the goal. But it's going to be hard to do that with a with, with this president. But other... Yeah. other- <laughs> Don't don't we'll be here either. for another hour. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I somebody's trying to disconnect us. Maybe we can connect somehow. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it's an interesting. It, it is, and it's an interesting time. It, it, it truly, truly is. And um, you know, for me, nothing really has changed. I work from home anyhow. Um, the only thing that's changed mm-hmm. is now I record the shows from my home rather than going to the studio. So hopefully, the yeah, quality sure. remains the same. I think I'm going to continue to do this. <laughs> well, it's, it's much awesome easier. And important that you're still doing this and getting the word out and talking about films. We need it, and we need it to continue, so it's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we need good movies like the ones you make, too. And you've, as a, you've worked with some really amazing people along the way and have interesting films, uh-huh. like Guy Pierce, who I, I, I adore again, and Felicity Jones, yeah. and uh, yeah. Amy Ryan. I mean, you just, mm-hmm. Nicholas Holt, really, Kristen Stewart. You know, you've worked with some real amazing, uh, Danny Houston. Um, so that says a lot about you and who you are as a director to be 
able to attract such talented actors and actresses to your films. So uh, I look forward to seeing what you're going to do next. What are, are you working on something or is everything just on hold? Are you yeah, if I'm ever allowed to make a film ever again, I would love to. Uh, <laughs> are you writing anything? Are you in the process of writing? I'm developing two different uh, features right now. Uh, two different things that I've never kind of done before, hopefully, um, with two different writers. So we're, thankfully, a lot of friends who kind of had to shut down production, but thankfully, steady goes. We're still writing, developing, and, and um, hopefully when this is all over, we'll be able to go make the next thing. But um, yeah, I'm still pushing along and as inspired as ever to just go work and never take anything for granted ever again. Not that I no. did necessarily, but um, yeah, to be able to work in this industry is going to be such a different feeling from now on, and I think we're all so lucky to be able to do it. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I highly recommend everybody getting uh, downloading or renting Endings and Beginnings, and I appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much. Stay safe. You too. You too. Thank you, Drake. If you have missed any of the Jam Price shows all about movies, you can listen to all the past shows on the iHeart Podcast Network. And if you have a smart TV, you can also listen to the show on your smart TV. Thank you for listening today. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. 